Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Our Football Podcast, episode 60. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Liga Max Femenil is officially back, and so much other soccer stuff to come to discuss. And as always, my counterpart, Adriana Terrazas, is with me. Adriana, how are you? I'm great, Amy. Just getting back from small trip <laughs> to do some like bureaucratic um, car thingy procedure we have to do here in Mexico City. It's actually it's actually nice because I usually hate to do all those things like like I don't know like like paperwork and stuff. And now I actually have like an excuse to go outside. So yeah, <laughs> I, I want to pay that. <laughs> I'm happy we to have to go pay something to- for my car. <laughs> we actually talked about this like six months ago on the pod, so it's very cool to have it all coming back full circle. And it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to think that we've been recording as long as we have because it's like now it's going to be a routine thing. Like, hey Adriana, did you go get that cool sticker that has to go on your car? See, it's just going to become part of the the hour football process. So very cool. exactly. Did you do everything necessary not to get a ticket or get a fine or something and just exactly. use your car regularly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just started distant learning this week with the boys, and I am just about going to lose my mind. It's crazy. Every every parent out there, I'm here with you. I know the feeling. And for every teacher out there, thank you so much for trying to do what you can under these circumstances. It's incredible. It's insane. I know. I, I, said, I mean, I was thinking during, during the first part of the pandemic, oh, my God, kids are being the champions of all this. They're just so patient. They're just making it through. And the, understanding they can't go outside and now I'm like oh my god no the parents the parents are the real champions behind this because I mean I see like Instagram feeds of my friends that have kids and everything and oh my god that it's just so much work all the time so yeah kudos to all you because I mean I understand how difficult that can be quick background like for me or I feel like a lot of parents. So Jack is actually supposed, and for those of you who don't know, um, Jack has autism. He has, he's on the spectrum. Um, they expect him to be in school from 8.50 until about 2.30. He has little breaks in between there, but it's essentially like a full schedule school. So he has a lot of breaks. Like I'm doing as much as I can to just compromise with him and understand like he needs to get away. And even if we're not in front of the computer, you know, I'll just see what they're doing and engage with it. But yeah, it's a lot. Even for children not on the spectrum, like it's just a ton of stuff for them too. So all my all my best to every parent, teacher, student out there having to deal with this. It's it's a lot. But yeah. there's also a lot of information coming out. And the first thing that we're gonna kick off this episode with is Liga Mex Femenil week one. I mean, Adriana, I know we said this a bunch, um, you know, our last episode when Mariana was uh, you know, when Mane was part of our pod, but it you know, five months and then it's finally here, you know, just immediate thoughts of how did you feel overall? You know, we'll definitely get into each game, but just how did you feel with it being back? I was, I was just so happy. I mean, it just happened with every single league that's been able to restart. I mean, um, when Liga MX came back, when MLS invented their Orlando tournament in the bubble and everything, I was just like, it's just like a little bit like a smaller piece added to something we used to call normality. I mean, so I'm just happy it's back because there was just so much anxiety regarding is it going to start, isn't it? Why has it taken so much? Why isn't the calendar art out? Um, it, it was all these little things. And then we started seeing all these cases of players testing positive and not knowing what was going to happen, um, if it was another excuse to get the season canceled. So I was just like relieved when it came out. I was like, yes, okay, just get it started once it started. It'll just like keep on going. It has that inertia and it'll just keep on going until the end. So. 
I'm really happy to have it back. And I mean, I, there's just also so many stories. I mean, so many new players, uh, coaches moving around from clubs. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to have it back and just have all those stories available to us again. Definitely. And just like I said, just to like kind of recap the entire weekend, um, one of the first things that we saw, not the first, but one of the biggest stories is that Santos Femenil had to postpone their first match of week one because of a reported six positive cases. And and that's, you know, so that match against Pumas was was rescheduled. Um, that was supposed to be played on Saturday, was rescheduled, and it won't be until, you know, later next month. And, you know, we did, unfortunately, didn't get to see any broadcast of the actual game. I mean, and that just has to do with the fact that we're just so congested. Like Adriana's saying, we went from having no soccer to now having this, like, plethora of a bunch of soccer. So there was UEFA Champions League matches, the Liga MX men's side. So there weren't that many. But there was um, a really good, a really cool thing that Tudana did. Adriana was a part of it, where they had this panel um, with Mariana Gutierrez, who's the director of the league, and uh, Eliana Davila, um, Claudia um, Carrion from America Femenil. And that was really cool. There was a lot of strong statements and a lot of strong um, hope for the future that came out of that, Adriana. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just great having all these voices again. I was really amazed Eliana was on because she's so difficult to get. Like, I mean, Pumas is usually one of these clubs that's really, really tough um, regarding press and, and everything. It's just one of those clubs that you wish was a little bit more flexible regarding interviews and such. So always interesting to have these voices that you usually only hear every week whenever they have like a press conference after a game, right? So it was it was really great to have all the all this information come through. I mean, uh, Mariana speaking about um, the U17 tournament that they had in plans that they, they had to postpone, I, hopefully until next year only. Um, which was also like a rumor. It was just like rumor, like oh, there's gonna have, there's gonna be like a U17 women's tournament. I mean, clubs are looking into you know youth developments and such. And it was just like this really like big rumor. And then she confirmed that it was just something they expected to have this semester. Sadly, they had to cancel and postpone until January. Um, but you start hearing all these things, it gets you really excited because it means we're not we're not just like staying with what we have. We're, we're going for more. We're trying to make this even big, even bigger for everybody. Uh, making sure that the league is entirely professional. We're making clubs uh, aspire to get really young players, try to just build them up and make them these professional players that they know they can be. So I was really excited to hear all those, um, all that information, everything. Obviously, talking about every precaution they have to take now with with COVID, if they were going to do the same procedure as the guys, and that was just like, I mean, I was I was really excited because it was just like, oh yeah, it's coming and this is happening, and oh my God, they had all these plans, they had to postpone them, but still, they're they're still like in in the making. And it's so cool to see because after all this time of just wondering what's going to happen and obviously seeing the departures because of what the, the pandemic, the you know the financial discrepancies and everything that was going on, you you put it almost seems like they're putting their strongest foot forward with what they have, right? So it's like you're saying there was going to be a U17 tournament. Um, Mariana coming out and saying that she wants to be one of the biggest leagues in the world, and her saying I have no doubt in these, you know, and it kind of goes into. Um, that youth development aspect, she's, you know, she's saying, I have no doubt that our Mexican players can be some of the best players um, to compete with anybody else in the world. And also um, another a huge aspect of what she was talking about is this idea of increasing the competition within the league with hinting at the possibility of, of allowing foreign players to be in the league as well. I agree. I mean, I was, I was also thinking about, um, 
how Claudia Carrion was on, and I, I don't think we've even heard from her ever since we knew she had taken over for America as well. So, I mean, having her on, obviously, we, we, we all look over to, to Nelly Simon when, it's, when we talk about co um, women taking um, manager positions in the club, right? And, and we heard that from Mazatlan, we heard that from Puebla. We knew America had her on as well, and it was just another step in clubs taking the women's league a lot more seriously. Um, and we hadn't heard from her. I mean, I knew she had taken that that role in, in, in the club, but it's still, I mean, it was great to actually have like a face uh, to put to the name and just be like, oh, so you're in charge of, of what's going on in America. Obviously, knowing how the impact America could have um, alongside Chivas, it just makes you think, oh, hopefully other clubs will start looking into this position as well. Um, it's also great that we're taking that step um, alongside everything that's been done with the players. So it's it's just... I mean, the league growing in so many different ways, not only regarding the, the, the level of play with, within the 18 clubs, but also what ha what's going on inside those clubs. Definitely. And uh, it, it was really cool um, to just see, like, all the exposure of what was happening. You know, we were, were lucky enough to get Janelli Farias from Chihuahua Femenil. You know, you saw a lot of people kind of just hungry for that women's soccer content. Um, and just kind of asking, where can we watch the games? Who do the, who are the teams to go for? Um, and then having that panel where you get to see all the, you know, all these really strong figures within the league talking about, you know, how important the league is, how important the players are. You know, Claudia saying that the goals that they have for the women are almost similar to what the men are doing. And um, the Eagle Eye podcast, which is a friend, you know, uh, friends of ours who host that podcast, um, focusing on America as an institution, had Jennifer Munoz who also said that, right, we, we have this same structure, we have, you know, the same kind of training and just health regimen as during the pandemic that what the men's had. And it's really cool to just see that cultivating um, into what we're able to, to see on the field. Um, and let's get into that. Let's get into what we saw on week one. I mean, Adriana, starting off with a bang, first match of the season of the week, Chivas just coming out with a dominant 4-0 victory against Juarez. It was, I mean, not to say, it's not what, I don't want to say it's what I expected. I did expect Chivas to come out with a win. Um, really exciting to see Alicia Cervantes uh, now with Chivas. Um, she's one of like the, the, those interesting stories from the league. She started off with Atlas, was a leading goal scorer for the club, and then after one season, she asked for a bit more money. I mean, a bit more money. They were earning like something around like $200 per month. So this is like, roughly what you would spend on like really good cleats and just getting to and from practice. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it. I mean, anything else would have to come out of your own pocket. So after she did that, um, the club didn't like her asking the, uh, for, for a raise, um, despite being the leading goal scorer of the club, she left the league and then she was hired by Rayadas stayed there for a while and now she's joining Chivas. So I, I'm just like really looking forward to that Chivas Atlas game because that's going to be interesting to just to see her face, her former club, and the one that I mean, she's she's a really good striker. I mean, I, I think she could have done pretty well. Atlas is one of those teams that we've seen constantly being like top eight, um, trying to make it through to like court, um, to semifinals. So just imagine what Atlas could have done with with a player like her, and now have her uh, in the arch rival of the of, of Atlas in the same city. So uh, interesting story. So I was really happy to see her. She scored uh, twice against against Juarez. Juarez being that one of those teams that, uh, you, you, I mean, looking at the roster, is one of those teams that takes advantage of players that couldn't continue with, with their former club. They're, it's not that they're bad players. It just means that you have players coming in from all over the place. So it's, there's no, like, definite playing style. You have to get them, um, like, used to each other. 
So, so yeah, Juarez took, took, took a slight hit in the first, that, that first game, but I was really happy for Chivas. And also Chivas having a, a new coach, uh, Edgar Mejia coming in to take over Ramon Villacerrayos, uh, former Chivas player. He was with the men's third division team, and now he's taking over the women's team. So he had like a couple of weeks only to get to, like, to know the players really well. Yeah, I was very happy for Elias Cervantes too. And I also want to say, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we did have issues um, watching some of the matches here in the U.S. Um, Mexico does, is, and it will continue to broadcast them in Mexico, but here in the U.S. we were having some issues. But the grassroots efforts from people trying to get, you know, I'm going to call them avenues for us here in the U.S. to be able to watch it. Um, I think this match was a perfect, you know, kind of game for newcomers because it was definitely exciting. Uh, Chivas is, I think, going to be one of the more, like, popular teams. I mean, once they start actually getting to know the league, they'll see all the other teams that are actually quite do doing quite well. But I think this game was a pretty good, like, introduction to whoever was like, hey, I don't know much about the league, what's going on. And seeing, you know, seeing somebody like Lisa Cervantes, seeing Michelle Gonzalez, um, you know, Maria Sanchez, who I guess for the curious about the league they kind of had that connection seeing what she's capable of um i thought it was a really good like first like welcoming match after all these months of like no action from the league yeah agreed it was it was an entertaining match i mean despite the fact that chivas had such a comfortable victory i mean it was a good match and then just followed up immediately by clasico joven cruz azul versus america the following day which was also really great to see i mean they, we were fortunate enough to have like really good rivalries uh, for the first week. I mean, after five months of not having anything, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, America also getting that victory. I mean, if you remember um, Cruz Azul, like the first tournament for Liga Mekis Femenil, it was just the team that was just, I mean, like they had terrible, terrible losses against almost any team. I mean, I'm going to look back, but I'm guessing America easily scored against them like four times every game. And now it was only a 2-0 victory for America. Um, Cruz Azul, despite the fact that I think they've been kind of neglected by the club, I mean, they don't even play in the same stadium, let alone the same state. Um, they're, they're off somewhere where Cruz Azul has like their youth development teams and all that stuff. Um, that's why they don't have the, the same crest. If you guys look at the crest for Cruz Azul, it's different for the women's team than the men's team. That's because that's the Weren't reason. Weren't they that's also wearing different jerseys this week? This past week, week one. Oh, that was a mess. They had, they're wearing last season's jersey. They, they didn't get them on time. They didn't get the new jerseys. Again, See, so for, every, <laughs> for every growth that we love about this league, there's always just something that reminds us, like, there's so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you take two steps forward, but then occasionally it's like one step back. I mean, not with all clubs, but it was just like, oh, man. what? I mean, because they had the presentation uh, with the men's side, and we were all really anxious. I was really excited because they had the jersey on with the official club crest. So I was like, oh, my God, are they going to have the, that crest now officially? And then they had, I'm, I'm guessing they, they really do pay attention to what goes on in social media because, like, the following day, they were like, no, guys, don't worry. We're still going to wear the other crest. And I was like, I understand there's, like, historical, like, I don't know, but there's, there's I know, I understand, it's, it, yeah, it's a, like, historical crest, but it's not the official one. And, and somehow I think it makes the team less important. That's why I don't like it. It's not because I don't think it's it's nice or pretty or just doesn't belong to the club. I just think it kind of like alienates them from, from the men's side. And I don't know why. I think that's why I don't, I don't like them wearing it. Um, yeah. And that, that and the, what I just said, I mean, they're playing in another state, actually. So, so yeah, that happened to Cruz Azul. So, bummer. They, they should get the uniform um, this week. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll take a look at it. I, I couldn't see today's game. But I'm, I'm actually going to Google that right now if they got their, you know, their uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, yeah, but America with a 2-0 victory. Uh, Jen Munoz, Mexican-American player that I just mentioned was on the uh, Eagle Eye podcast, scored the first inaugural uh, start of America's, you know, Guardianes 2020 season, followed by Dania Espinosa's incredible header. I mean, the amount of time that she spent in the air was just phenomenal. That was a that was a really strong um, game from America. Then we had uh, Mazatlan versus Atlas. Atlas came out 4-1 victorious, but Mazatlan got the first goal there, so that's pretty cool. That was pretty, pretty cool for Mazatlan because they did it much faster than the men's side actually did. Did you see the jersey, the Mazatlan jerseys? Oh, like, first of all, I am good. Like, like you, our good friend Eugene Rupinski, if you don't know, he's also part of the Liga MX Feminine English community. This league wants me to not have money because I want every single team's like jersey the first i first i really want to get my hands on the rayadas new jersey with the star because it looks amazing but every single jersey looks super cool chivas like goalkeeper jersey looks insane masatlan's purple i'm like super oh, digging the purple chivas's away jersey is beautiful it's it's, just, it's amazing they're all just so it's so grassy nice. but it's still like traditional with the colors it's yeah. oh I, I i love that i love that jersey too really yeah. cool jersey just, uh, just great. But yeah, Atlas uh, at coming out with the four-one victory. Uh, we're seeing a lot of the, we're seeing a lot of the, like you know, just like uh, familiar faces scoring their goals. I mean, you have Fabiola Ibarra coming out, Paula Garcia. Uh, so definitely a lot of good stuff from Atlas in that match. I mean, we'll talk about about week two since we're technically recording this on Thursday afternoon, and then we had Monterrey against Puebla. Interesting to how this match went. Um, it wasn't an easy ride for Monterrey, who was technically the reigning champ, coming out 3-2. But we got inaugural debut goals from Yemi Lefranco, who just came from Club León. Christina Birkenrode, which just, you know, Mexican-American player that just he- he- headed over here. Um, and then, of course, familiar face in Desiree Montevice. But I do want to kind of stop on this match because, Adriana... I don't want to like say it. I don't want to say it's your fault because I don't want to make it sound negative. But I feel like you're the reason we got this press release from the league. <laughs> so here's what's happening. So so we have this group chat, but we have it in general. The league really, the actually, the league also is doing some phenomenal work on their social. But you know, the league and the and the teams, as is traditional before the game starts, releases their starting eleven. So we were, you know, and we sometimes share that information amongst each other. So Puebla comes out with their starting eleven. Turns out their goalkeeper is 14-year-old Harumi Cornejo. Now, for those of you not familiar with the league, they just recently, beforehand, had said that there weren't going to be any younger players because obviously they're extending the maximum age limit now to have older players when you're getting your Stephanie Mayors, your Bianca Sierra. So that's increasing. So to keep the competition not so uh, all over the place because you might have you know younger players that don't have that much experience, they you know are saying no players... Uh, under 15 will play well lo and behold we have a 14 year old on the field and had a pretty had a really yeah not difficult to miss i mean (laughs) i mean you look at the squad and obviously we're all looking like into like oh let's let's look at all these new players and where everyone ended up because again the thing was the league actually posted every single roster hours before the first game oh yeah that was the other thing too yep (laughs) <laughs> so I was like, "Oh my God, when are we gonna get to no, know?" Like, I think they actually, to... I think they actually posted in the middle of the night because I know I couldn't go to sleep the night before, and it was like, I don't know, like twelve thirty, and I and I, it was like, "Oh yeah, the rosters are out now." Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, again, I was like, like, like at five, at five, at five, and I was like, "Okay, like load again." I mean, why aren't you out? <laughs> out yet? 
Um, so yeah, I mean, and also physically, I mean, obviously you look at a 14 year old in a team that's usually she looks like, like a baby in that picture, like in her website, like official photo, she looks like such a baby. Yeah. I mean, you, you can tell physically, you can, you can tell which players are younger than, than the rest. I mean, usually you have like, again, you have, it's like a U23 squad. So you have like 20 year olds, 21 year olds. And then you, you look over at the goal position and you're like, she's definitely really, really young. I mean, yeah, you have to Google if she's like 14, 15, 16 or, but you're like, she's pretty young. So, okay. so, so yeah, so we get the starting 11. <laughs> We're all like, wait a second, huh? We don't understand. So then Adriana, with the powers that she has, decides to release this thread. It was like, hey, wait, this doesn't make any sense because you also pointed out Adriana, right? So she was registered. She wasn't registered because she played for a team that wasn't even like, right? Like explain a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I look over and I'm like, so I must have understood something. I mean, I, I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I actually like checked like the rule book. And I was like, maybe they changed something and just didn't announce it. And I, something went on because I could remember perfectly. Um, Enrique Bonilla, June, it was June 10th after I, I Googled back, um, saying, hey, guys, guess what? Liga MX, uh, Women's Liga MX is now going to be, I mean, we're not going to have any limit for, for players over the age of 25, which was the case last year. Um, it was when the league started, it was, it was over 23, and then they went to 24, 25, and now there's, it's just gone. But we're also putting a minimum age because, I mean, we did have, and I remember perfectly, I did a story on this, we had a 12-year-old from, from Monarcas the first season of Liga MX Femenil. So now, I mean, we did have some 12-year-olds, 13, 14, 15-year-olds. Um, not many, but you occasionally would see those really, really young players. I mean, and these are players that you have like 12-year-olds and then you have like Monica Ocampo, who's 35. So it's, it, I mean, big difference, right? So I remember him coming forward and saying, we're going to change this up, and now we can't have any player under the age of 15, which I thought at the moment, I'm like, okay, that's, that's I mean, I, I understand that. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's, it's good that you guys will restrict it because I, I understand that physically, emotionally, psychologically, you're dealing with players that are, are totally different when they're younger than 15. So and I'm it's like, something oh. that we've discussed before with, you know, players that have been part of this pod where there's that gap, right? There's just like this level of, not so much like maturity, like they're immature, but there's that level of experience that is a huge gap between players that have played and these younger players that are entering the league as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it was it's just something that we've known has happened. So um, after this announcement comes out, and then I'm looking at the roster, and I'm like, how is she 14? I mean, I, I remember perfectly that no player under the age of 15. So I look at the rule book, and I find it, and it says no player um, can be registered uh, if they were born after January 1st, 2005. And I was like, I mean, this is it. I mean, I was really thinking about that. And then the only, the only uh, like exception was if one of these players had already been registered with the club, despite being under 15, then they could stay because that was part of the process. So that was the only exception to that rule. And I was like, was she registered before? So then I, I clicked on information. I was like, she's, she's never been registered with Liga MX team. And then I started looking into where she came from and she comes from a team from, from Tlaxcala, uh, which is pretty close to Puebla. It's a really, really small state, it's a small state in Mexico. Um, so I, I see a cl her former club, which is just, just uh, wishing her well and good luck with Liga MX Femini like three days ago. And I was like, this just, this just happened. They just hired her. I mean, it, it obviously, I mean, if this, if they had like said goodbye to her like two months ago, I'd be like, oh, maybe they just registered just minutes before that, that rule came out or something. Um, but it was just obvious that he, she had just joined the team. 
So I was like, okay, so maybe when they wrote the rule book and they said that a player had to be registered before, uh, before the rule, maybe she had to be registered in general, you know, like a player, like professional player just exists. Her, we, have, we have something that says she's a professional player somewhere in, in the league records. And I was like, that just can't be it because this team isn't even registered with, with the federation. I mean, it's just like an amateur team. So, so there's like no way she, they have any record of her before. So, okay, so I look into all of this and I'm like, <laughs> I, I posted that on, I mean, on the tweet as well. She like, makes a threat. <laughs> yeah, I made a threat. So I was like, okay, this is what the rule says. She's 14. So either one or two things happen here. Some, they just disregarded the rule entirely, changed the rule without telling us, or maybe for some weird reason, despite the fact that she wasn't registered with the league, we're taking into consideration that she played soccer and that's just good enough to have a record i have no idea so i posted that out um sadly enough i wasn't able to join the press conference to ask the coaches hey how did this happen um i look over to rayada's uh, squad later on like into the roster and they also have a 14 year old she didn't play but she was still for them i was like why are these people like why are you here how, how did this happen so I get the story out, just publishing everything. I mean, not saying if it's just good or bad, you know, like good journalism, just saying this happened, this is what the rule says. I even like got a screenshot of it because I was like, I, I, it's not, I hope they just don't change it without telling anybody. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of days later, we get this press release saying... Um, this is my favorite part. Like, see, if yeah, for those of you that just like started listening to the Hour Football Pod, we've been saying this. For years, and we've only been on for like two. The Federation listens to our pod. <laughs> Just kidding, they don't. But yeah, like I said, they released this this uh, this press release, and I translate it because it's in Spanish. Um, the Liga Mex Femenil wishes to clarify Article 23 of the competition regulations for the 2020-21 season. This is specifically for Adriana. I feel like this release was made specifically for Adriana. For the 2020 season, clubs will have the obligation to use on the field for at least a thousand minutes of play players born on, on January 1st, 2001 and onward. And I'm assuming that's like the the youth rule, right? Like just like the men's? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, I have no idea why they don't just say 2005 or just before 2005. They have, they have to put it like a specific date. So it's like okay. January 2005. Yeah. So then a couple of verbatim, and then it says, in order to continue with the development of players, registration of players should be 15 years old at the time of registration. That makes sense. Then they go on. That is why. This, and this is my translation, because I know it said, like, minimo y maximo in Spanish, but my interpretation is that the earliest date that a player should be born is January 1st, 2005, and the latest date that the player should be born is December 31st, 2005. So I feel like we were discussing this at the end. I feel like they made it like essentially a loophole for themselves by clarifying this because technically, and this is my favorite part because I call it the arsenal rule of aging, technically players that were born on December 31st, 2005 are not 15 yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but the thing is, I was also thinking like when you think Age-wise, usually minimum, I mean, it would have been, okay, to the, January 1st, 2005, and then maximum wouldn't have been forward. It would have been backward. I mean, it would have been... Yeah, like the oldest they can be. The oldest they can be, not the youngest. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I honestly, it took me like 15 minutes just like reading it. And I was like, <laughs> how is that minimum and maximum? How does that happen? And then I was like, oh, okay, yeah. 
that like usually the maximum would have been an older player, not a younger player. So I mean, the thing is, I, I was speaking to, to to another colleague who covers the league as well, um, and she was saying, I mean, they just can't change the rule book with the league already starting. I mean, if they did, it would just have to mean that Puebla would, would lose that game uh, because they they had an ineligible player. Um, and then for some weird reason, you have to look into all the other squads and see if they had 14-year-olds uh, as well and then just let them know that they can't Don't play them. Don't make them work, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad they found the loophole because otherwise it would have been, yeah, I mean, Monterrey won anyway, but I mean, I mean, way to go for Puebla. They scored twice against, also, against Rayadas. Yeah. Also, technically, so, if they're both, yeah, like you're saying, if they don't clarify this rule and they both have a, players registered that aren't technically 15, does this game just not count? Do they have to redo this? Because technically, they're both breaking like the old rules. So, well, since Rayadas' player didn't actually get any minutes, I think ah, they're like. Then we have more loopholes. <laughs> yeah, it, w- it would have only been Puebla losing. They would have lost the game 3 0 because. Sadly enough, this isn't the first time we have an, an, an eligibility um, oh, issue. Oh, the legacy of Cruz Azul. Yeah, Cruz Azul had an assistant coach come in like <laughs> halfway through the season, and she had already played. Well, she had already belonged to, to to another club, so she wasn't eligible for that season with any other team. Um, and actually, it was just so funny because the coach actually was suspended for that game, so she had to take over, and she actually had a press conference um, after the game, and I was like. Weren't, and she was actually with Puebla. Now that I remember that, she was coaching. She was with Puebla <laughs> and joined Cruz Azul like halfway through the season or after four or five games. And I was like, why are you with Cruz Azul? Isn't that like like one of the, the basic rules of any FIFA related tournament? It's just you can't have you can't belong to one like two different clubs in the same season or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, after that, yeah, that was that was Cruz Azul, and they had the same thing happen when. Um, they had three oh, three players over the age of 23 or 24 um, in a specific game, so they lost that game as well because they you you could only have two players um, over the age of 23 uh, at that point. So yeah, yeah, it was a... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this is kind of just some of the fun stuff that happens with the league. So, but when did they just come so, out of that? <laughs> it's just it's just like like growing pains. Really, like for the league, it, it's I. It has to come down to that it's like growing pains. It's just something that goes with the territory of having a professional women's league, um, with more or less support depending on where you look at it from certain clubs. So, um, I'm glad they found the loophole. I mean, I think like players were obviously the least responsible ones when it came down to all this stuff. And yeah, I mean, granted, Liga MX rule books are usually terribly written. So yeah, this happens. This happens, but I mean, credit to her. Honestly, they, she should have been in the ideal starting eleven. Like she, she made it a very close game. I mean, Puebla also hard fought against Rayadas, and Rayadas was kind of murky in their performance. But I would have given her that spot. Like just give her, just give her the ideal eleven. Like she's fourteen going up against Yamil Franco, Christina Birkenrod, Monsi Wise. Like give her, just give it to her. Just let her have this time. Her yeah, agree. Um, other matches from this week, this first week, Tigres 2-1 against Toluca. Again, another surprising, just competitive match. Um, but Tigres did come out victorious with Stephanie Mayor and Jacqueline Ovalle scoring the goals. Um, then we had Pachuca 2-0 against Necaxa. And then Leon versus Cholas 3-0 with a brace from Brenda Viramontes and Lucero Cuevas. I mean, like I said earlier, we're seeing this really good, just like spaced out, 
talent, you know, throughout the league and, you know, with all these changes and departures and new signings. I mean, Brenda, I think, is going to have hopefully a phenomenal season. Lucero's obviously showing what she can do over there as well. But it was really, it was fun to watch, like, just this competition. And even the struggles were surprising, but they were, you know, they weren't, they were entertaining themselves. I, I thought I, I also appreciated the fact that I mean except for Atlas uh, beating Mazatlan four to one, it was pretty close. I mean yeah, I yeah. Mean, we're seeing like some teams really struggle and getting like four or five goals every not every game but like every other game at least. Um, so it was a lot like closer than I expected. I mean America two zero against Cruz Azul. That's pretty good for Cruz Azul. I mean considering everything they've been through. Um, San Luis beating Querétaro 1-0, I really didn't see that coming. I thought Querétaro was going to be uh, kind of like a modest but really consistent team that was going to like win. Yeah, I, I, Carlo Rossi, yeah. Yeah, Carlo Rossi and, and they have like, a really, really decent squad. I mean, a squad that I think could actually compete to be in the top eight at the end of the season. So I was amazed that San Luis got that result. Um, Puebla, as we just mentioned, three to two against Rayas. I mean, Rayas is like powerhouse. I mean, they could have easily won. I mean, we would think that they would win the game three zero at least. I mean, with all due respect to Puebla, but I mean, Monterrey has just. I think they have the best squad right now, and and that's just saying something because you look over at Tigres and it's like, oh my God, their bench could play and still be like a powerhouse. It so, is ridiculous. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we only missed one game, Pumas versus Santos. They play on, on September the 2nd. Um, that, that, I mean, sad for Pumas not to see them start off the season. And they play against Toluca uh, this weekend. So we'll finally see what, what Pumas is up to. And, and Santos is not getting their first game until the 26th. So we're going to have to wait a bit more to see Santos, um, see how they do it in the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, looking for, looking at into Jornada 2, um, Adriana, we did have... How's your Kenya? I saw you were part of Kenyala. How's your Kenyala doing so far? You were the leader for week one. How's your week two starting off? <laughs> um, I have to say we didn't. I didn't actually get the invite for the Jornada to Kenyala. Oh, they didn't want you to win. That's so messed yeah, up. I started off strong, intimidated them. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be honest though. If I would have seen Cruz Azul against Atlas, I would have put Atlas winning. And ah, that's what I put. My my Kinella's off to a terrible start. Start. First of all, thank you to Campeones MX. We've had Mane Camelo on the show and Tatiana as well. They invited me on to be part of the Kinella. And the only solace I take is that everybody else also made these decisions. Yeah. I was like in the middle of like parent training for Jack and I was just I get notifications from the league on my phone and I was like, wait, what? Cruz Azul waiting for one. It's just this this is crazy. This is insane. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would have expected Atlas, so don't don't feel too bad. I, mean, I think everyone would have put Atlas, to be honest. I don't think many people would have rooted for for Cruz Azul, just because. Yeah, we know we know what Atlas is capable of. I mean, we've seen them be really, like really good team, like top six, uh, usually Liga MX Femenil. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it was just like I don't know, it's like it started off on the wrong foot today. I guess. Okay. <laughs> So um, we had that we had that game to, streamed on Tudene. What other games should we expect to be streamed um, this weekend through Tudene, both in Mexico and the U.S.? We have Pumas versus Toluca, a traditional Pumas schedule Saturdays midday, uh, or well, noon, uh, center time. Um, and then we have America versus San Luis, which is on the 24th. That's a Monday, right? I don't yep. know what day. So, yeah, I have to look at that. Yeah, that's Monday. 
Um, and that's it for, for today and this week. I mean, I think you guys can see Chivas Necaxa on Chivas TV. I think I think you guys have that possibility. Oh, Telemundo. The Telemundo app will also have them um, playing the women's and the youth moving forward. Cool. I'm, I'm glad more people can see Chivas. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we have um, Grupo Pachuca classic game against Leon versus Pachuca. So big brother versus younger brother. Um, that's going to be a good game as well. And hopefully we'll see Santos next um, next week. I think it's on Wednesday. So they have to take a bit more time because of all the players that tested positive. Not sure how that's going to turn out. I mean, because you they're going to be healthy by that time, but I'm not sure if they've actually practiced together these past couple of days so or weeks. So that that could be something to take into consideration for Santos. Um, but yeah, we also have um, Querétaro Juarez coming up this week. It'll be interesting to see if Querétaro... Um, Start to get that Carla Rossi formula in. Mazatlan versus Tigres, which I fear for Mazatlan at this point. Katia um, <laughs> <laughs> Obad will be back too. She was she recently was tested positive, so she wasn't able to be part of their preseason match and their first game. So she'll be back too, which will be good, yeah. I think. Yeah, and then we also have Puebla versus Cholos. We'll see. I mean, Cholos, I feel for Cholos. They lost so many players during the offseason. Oh, man, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be so tough. I mean, Rene Cuellar really, like, holding the team together. Um, it, it's going to be a tough tough season for Cholos. I, I still hope they make it through, but it just seems so difficult because of all these changes they had. Um, and, yeah, those are pretty much all, all the games this week, this weekend. Yeah, definitely. So keep, a, keep an eye out. Adriana did let you know about the two Dene ones. Um, I think Tigres and Rayadas will be streaming in some shape, way, or form. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And then, of course, um, talk to your friends on the on the on the interwebs for the different avenues that you can possibly watch the league as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's fun having it back. There's a lot of also credit, like I said earlier, like I said earlier, really cool work that they're doing on the social media. But we also have stats now, Adriana. That's, that's yeah, huge. that's amazing. I mean, I was looking at that. I mean, usually, I mean you have like two types of fans, right? You have like the fans that just watch the games and are really like passionate and everything. But then you have like the fans that really like all the statistics and tactical information and everything. Um, and we had that for the men's side. We didn't have it for the women's side and now we do. So it's, it's really interesting to see stuff like, um, like um, how precise passes were and who was the best goalkeeper and how many shots were scored on goal. And I mean, all these, all this stuff that gives you like another perspective of how to watch the games and what to look forward to. And, I don't know. It's it's just different. It's it's just like one more step against that really professional league that we we all want. So I was really happy to see that. I mean, I'm really excited that they're putting in the work. It's just making it available for for fans for the press. So that that was I, I was glad to see um, just another one of those things that surround the game happening and just making it the league a lot more um, professional. We have yeah, we have stats. We have expected goals. You know, differentials right now. Chivas is up top, um, respectively. Then we have, uh, well, at the time of week one, then we had uh, Rayadas, Atlas, and obviously that's going to change. But uh, hats off to NWSL Analytica um, for putting those together and the league themselves. I mean, yeah, it's going to be really fun for those who are definitely into, you know, data and just driving statistics. I know our good friend Eugene is. So it's really going to be cool to see that, like I just said, translating into the women's game and just seeing how that works out for everybody that's really into that. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out, you know. Yeah, also kudos to, to the social media teams. I mean, the, if you guys can look uh, for Atletico San Luis's video that they posted after the game, it has 
amazing footage of the team coming onto the field, remembering Daniela Lazaro, who sadly passed away last season. Um, coming, all all the players coming out. They had like uh, several roses. They put them on the bench. Had their had her jersey. Um, had some really emotional words to say before the game. And then we saw everything that happened during the game, like halfway through the game, and then at the end, it was it's just like another perspective again that it's it's is so interesting and so appreciated for for fans and, and because it just gives you another way to get to know the players. I mean, sadly enough, the game wasn't broadcasted anywhere, so. Um, again, that the club makes it available for fans is just something really amazing. Um, also, Tigres had this really, really funny and really cool video um, of Tigres players at their hotel waiting for the game. And it's like, it's the, it's the it's story, so little scene. It's, it's today, it's today, it's today. And then they had all these players like getting out of bed, brushing their teeth, getting down to have breakfast, and like rushing down the stairs. And they were all with this with the sound saying, it's today, it's today, it's today. It was just, it's just so funny. It's all it's really well done, by the way. So if you guys can take a look at that and just follow the teams on Twitter, they, do, they really do really incredible stuff. Um, it's just original. It's, it's creative. It, it doesn't really take much, uh, like, like, like skills or technology or anything. It's just something that's like really well thought of. And that just one makes it special. Yeah. I, they had, I know that, um, Tigres also had a really cool um, starting 11 video. I think Chivas had one themselves. Um, Club León, even for pre even for preseason like signing videos, the feminine side had really cool stuff. We've had Tatiana on the show before. Um, so just, yeah, just like Adriana said, really really cool things um, coming out from the women's side uh, to definitely keep an eye on and just of course enjoy the games because they're getting really exciting. And obviously, as our Quinielas prove, you can't predict anything. Now I'm 0 for 0. <laughs> um, but moving on, we've got Mexicans abroad. We got feminine players also playing um, or not playing moving forward. Uh, UEFA Champions League uh, women's is starting up this weekend. Uh, super good news. CBS here in the U.S. will be, uh, CBS All Access will be streaming those matches. Ollie is yelling at me, but we're talking about women's soccer right now, so we'll ignore him. Um, but uh, big news from our side, obviously, because we cover Mexican women's soccer. Charlene Corral. Um, indisputably one of the fantastic players um, for the Mexican national team and just Mexican women's players in general. She unfortunately tested positive for COVID um, about two weeks ago, which is the truth. Like she tested positive. She's um, she followed the protocol. She was isolated. You know, she, she stayed in quarantine, took a second test. And unfortunately that one came out positive as well. So she will uh, be, she will not be available for the Atletico versus Barcelona match which is taking place tomorrow, Friday at, 8, at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which really sucks because we have access, but we're fortunately not going to be able to watch her play. But um, we do wish her a speedy recovery, and, you know, hopefully, you know, um, she's not having too severe symptoms and everything, but that was definitely something that Adriana and I were both looking forward to, and now we can't watch her. But still, you should still watch the game because it's going to be entertaining. Um, preseason has begun for the rest of the players in the Iberdrola, which is the Spanish league. We have uh, Kiana Palacios over at Real Sociedad. And, of course, we have Kenti Robles, who is moving over to um, Real Madrid's first ever um, women's side. I think that's all of the Mexicans abroad, unless I'm missing somebody. Adrian. Yeah, I th um, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, they start off the league, I think it's September. I'm trying to remember what day exactly. So I'm really happy because I actually think that more people will have access to the Spanish league this season. Um, hopefully also the, the women's... Um, I remember what the name is for the English league. The, it's the women's. Uh, it's FA w women's soccer league or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it's just weird. Yeah, but it, yeah. 
um, so that'll be interesting as well. So I, I think I'm really happy because now it's it's a lot easier for fans to actually have access to women's soccer, not only in, in the country for Liga MX, but also other leagues as well. So, so yeah, hopefully it'll also give us access to see to see Kenti, to see how Charlene is doing. Uh, huge bummer that she's not available for tomorrow's match. I mean, it's just such an amazing game. Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, the best teams in Spain. Um, historically, really, I mean, really, really great teams and sadly enough we won't be able to see Charlene with with Atletico de Madrid so uh, bummer hopefully she'll be available for the for the, <laughs> for the next stage hopefully they'll make it through and that way we can see her I mean tough luck for Barcelona um, but Pamela Tajonar is not with her all, with that team anymore so um, that's okay we, we don't have to root for Barcelona anymore um, so yeah let, let's see just how um, things turn out I mean I know it's difficult for so many leagues and, and teams at this point so just having them back in practice will we'll, slowly start to see them um, get back into shape and just start off their leagues. Yeah, and for anybody that's interested, I mean, Arsenal women's face off against PSG on Saturday at 11, so just letting you guys know that, you know, it's worth watching. <laughs> um, but moving on, Adriana, we had digested a lot of women's soccer today, um, but I guess we'll just throw it and give the men the last, like, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, CONCACAF released their... Um, World Cup qualifiers, so that's fun. 2021 and 2022. I mean, we're basically not going to sleep ever again, Adriana, when it comes to Mexico games. <laughs> it's it's just amazing. I mean, I, I didn't actually realize until they said it. Like when they were doing like the draw, they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have like 14 games and like what is it like eight months or something?" I have no idea. I, I kind of miss. I was like, "What? Wait, how did that happen?" And I was like. Well, yeah, I mean, we haven't played a single game this year. Um, usually all of the preliminary rounds are, have already started at this point. We're now having a, a tournament with eight teams instead of six, so you get a couple more games with that. Um, so, yeah, I was, it's, yeah it's, just, it's just crazy. I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it's going to be for the clubs that season just knowing that they have to let their players go so often. I mean, despite being FIFA friendlies and not having league activity, just the fact that they could get injured, that they have to travel, they have to rest, um, it, I'm, I'm, the league, I'm guessing, is going to stop a bit more often. We're usually used to having like two FIFA friendlies per semester. Uh, now we're going to have—I have no idea how many. I mean, it, it, they're going to have to like have games during the summer. Um, it's it just, yeah, it changed everything. I mean, I think they're actually—I mean, not entirely worried because the World Cup is is in in winter, so you have like a six more months that you usually won't wouldn't have. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Still, I mean, it, yeah, but still, I mean, it just messes up like league calendars and such. Yeah, so I'm looking at Weasel's tweet from yesterday. I don't even remember what days are anymore. But 2021, they kick off the World Cup qualifying against Jamaica in June. Then they have three more matches in June. They have two matches in September. They have two matches in October. And then they have two more matches in November. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's ten matches, 2021. That doesn't even take into account the matches that they have to make up for their sum contract either. Jesus. And then they have, and then 2022, they have four matches, two in January and then two in March as of right now. So that is, I'm just never going to be home for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. Cesar has always made this joke. Cesar Hernandez, our good friend from the Mexican soccer show, has always made this joke that, or I think it's Tom, I'm not sure now, like no other team in, in the world plays as many matches as Mexico does. No, I mean, they were also looking into, like, I mean, you, you have contracts with Zoom for playing in the States, so you have to look take that into consideration as well because you do have that commercial commitment. Um, 
it's, it's just going to be so difficult. I mean, you have that squad. You have to think about the U23 squad. That's, well, now U, U24 now. Um, that's going to play at the Olympics. Or, well, I mean, hopefully they'll make it through the Olympics. We still don't know yet. Um, yeah. Look into all the other squads. Everything just, I mean, oh got pushed God, back. It's all squished even, together. I didn't even think of that. The rescheduled matches. So then you have the U20 women's, the U17s. I'm just, we're, I'm, we're just never going to sleep ever again. Just nothing. Ever. I mean, I, you know, sometimes I just really don't know if we're really exaggerating because I look over at Europe and I'm like, dude, these these guys play every every three days. I mean, they have either a cup tournament that they play midweek and then they have Champions League if it's not that, and or the Europa League, and then they have some other cup tournament that they make up and then they have a league every weekend. So, but that's sometimes- but the, I think it goes back to that. Well, I don't know if we've ever had this debate, but maybe I just had it internally. It's that thing of like, right? Like you have like cl- like basically your club is your job, right? Like that is your primary source of income. Your national team is your pride, and you obviously do get money from that. But your club team is like your job. So in that sense, it's like yeah, they play every three days, but that's like their job. But this is like this is on top of their obligation for what their club teams have to do. And it's like, imagine being like Mexican and having to do all this. Like, I'm sure you get them excited to a certain extent, but this is just so many games. God. I know. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely going to change everything up. I'm, I'm, they're probably just so, so happy at this point that we don't have Copa Mekis this year um, and next year. So I'm guessing they're like, oh my God, we, we're really lucky we don't have to do that. I mean, because... If you if you think about it, we also have uh, Concacaf Nations League. Um, we have Concacaf. Wait, which one's the one that's pending? I, I get them messed up, but it's one of the other Concacaf tournaments. I think it's Champions League, which isn't done yet, or Nations League. Oh, yeah. I kind of messed up. So we have all these other tournaments. I mean, we were looking forward to having the the MLS Liga MX match this year, this this summer, um, which we also missed out. I mean, it's all these things that they always want to happen, and all these tournaments that they end up creating, um, which are difficult on their own now add a six months uh suspension to just every activity we've known uh sports wise and try to like shove it all, all like before 2022 so <laughs> yeah i mean we're probably not gonna have like a regular soccer international soccer schedule until after the world cup i'm i'm so tired already just looking at it. <laughs> i'm just so tired i don't even play i'm not even playing in these <laughs> matches <laughs> Oh, man. And you, this isn't even taking into account all the friendlies that they have scheduled for this year, too. Oh, my God. We have, like, we have like two friendlies coming up in, like, a month. Ah, wow. We're just, I, we're never. I think it's, it's I think it's going to be three. Oh, my God. Yes. They're looking it's... into having another friendly um, in, in the Netherlands or just Europe. Oh my God! So it's gonna be the Costa Rica match, which which they confirmed already. Uh, the Netherlands match, which they also confirmed, and they're looking into having a second match just because they're already in Europe. So why not do it? And I mean, we, we are like six months behind any preparation Gerardo Martino would have wanted at this point. My so, mom is gonna be so mad at me. She's not gonna want to watch the boys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, mom. I'm just kidding. If I don't know if you ever listened to my pod, but it, I'm just kidding. Nobody tell my mom <laughs> that I just said that. <laughs> just so many Mexico. Because I still remember when in March. This is a slight digression, but kind of on topic. I still remember in March when all the COVID stuff started happening. And there was that match that was supposed to happen, I think, in Charlotte, or I don't even remember what game it was, um, that I was supposed to go to. And then COVID happened, and I was like, I don't have to go. And she was like, she was like ecstatic, like she was, you know, she was like sad because COVID's happening. But she was like, oh my god, thank God. And I'm just like, okay, well, 
that's how you feel. That's fine. And now I'm going to tell her that there's like 14 matches in the course of like two years. Uh, that's going to be fun. Well, I mean, we were complaining there were no matches, and now I'm complaining that there's a bunch of matches. What do I want out of life? I don't know. Me gusta la yeah, vida. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't complain. At the, it's not that we're complaining. I really do worry about the fact if, I mean, the injuries. Yeah. That you think about a process behind all this. I mean, you look into the, to the U, U23s eventually making it to the senior squad, getting players to come all, all over from Europe or MLS or wherever they're playing, even from the Liga MX, being healthy. I mean, it do, it does like make everything a lot more difficult. You're starting to think about a process of having a generation of players make it through the World Cup and even looking after that. So. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely going to be difficult. I mean, not only for Mexico, but for all other national teams as well. That they just, I mean, that stopped. I mean, you're you're six months behind anything. It's like if you would have missed like a semester of school, you just have to make up for it and and really quickly. So, again, you have to like jam it all in in, in the next month or or, or year or so, um, and hope that you just make up for that and, and are at the point that you wished for a, a year ago. Well, I don't. I know that Tata won't be bored, so this will be fun. All the best to him and what he has to deal <laughs> yeah. with. Yeah. All right. We're just cl- about done closing out the pod, but um, quick announcement. Well, not really announcement, but we just got this information today. Um, El Trafico is already up and coming. Speaking of more Mexican soccer, El Trafico is coming up this Saturday. And officially, LAFC did confirm yesterday. And Vela was also part of a press conference earlier today. So Vela will be back. Um, to MLS action this weekend. No Chicharito, but Jonathan will be part of the game as well. He said he doesn't know if he's fully fit for the entire 90 minutes, but he said 35 to 45 minutes, which is exactly, I'm taking this joke from John Rome, which is exactly the kind of mentality I have when I'm going to work out um, with my <laughs> stuff. 35 to 45 minutes. So, I mean, we don't have the Chicharito aspect, but we are going to finally see Vela come back. So that's something to look forward to. I'm really excited to see him back. I mean, I do I do miss the fact that there's not, like, another player that's just as big as Vela yet. Yeah. Because we haven't seen Chicharito. That's the thing. I mean, I we, the, the, the reason El Trafico became so big last year was because we had Zlatan. So you had two players that you really – I mean, they could really turn the game either way. So that was, like, the most exciting thing. So once Zlatan left, you were like, okay, now we're getting Chicharito, but we haven't seen Chicharito. I mean, he only played, I mean, we like, saw, well, We the- saw a glimpse of him. I, was it, was it yeah. the first? Was it the second? I think it was the first, the second game. No, I can't remember. Was it the first game that he scored? for? Uh, yeah, because then he didn't play the other two. So, I mean, you saw a glimpse of what he could do. That movement for that goal that he scored during the MLS's back tournament showed you who Chicharito is. But then he was injured. He left back to L.A., is supposedly still not fit now. I think that, I mean, they might have lost it in translation, but they said like he had a broken muscle, which I'm sure was lost in translation. Um, and then you're not really hearing anything from him. You're seeing his sponsorships on his social platforms, but um, I'm hope I, I, and I say this as someone that was like, he's not going to be a geo, but it's kind of, kind of feeling like that geo aspect just a little bit. And I know for galaxy fans and those who follow the LA galaxy, that's not necessarily something that you want to, you want to feel or see and like you're saying with that stature of a player that Vela is yeah agreed I mean there, I understand the pressure that came in with signing with Galaxy after Zlatan left and obviously I can understand how frustrated um, Galaxy fans are at this point not only because I think the team still still again just because after what happened in Orlando and the two weeks that they actually could play um, before the quarantine I mean they did underperform 
So you're looking at that's, that, that's then you had that nice terrible. I'm giving them a break. <laughs> um, and then you had that terrible result in, in, in Orlando in the bubble. So yeah, I mean, you, again, you look at Galaxy and you kind of think like, oh my God, you really don't need just the squads, all of it to be available, including Chicharito. You, you need them to be whatever they haven't been the, the entire year. So um, really happy to see Vela back on Saturday. He sounded really, really excited today during the press conference, just saying how happy he was to have the team back. Um, Bob Bradley saying, I mean, he really praised Vela for how much he was practicing with the team being um, off in, in Orlando. And it's just going to be great having that team back entirely. But on the other hand, you look at Galaxy and, and you're like, oh my God. I mean, they just still don't look up to the situation. I mean, they're just not there yet. So again, it's going to be interesting, but it's, it, you, whatever happens, it just seems as though it's not the best Grafico that we could, could have or that we wish we had. Um, so yeah, let's see how that happens. And yeah, we're also getting other Mexicans um, making their debut. Jorgen Dam, Cuba with Atlanta. It's going to be really interesting to see that. Oh my um, God, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Jorgen's TikToks. To be oh. honest, yeah, we need we need more of those. Yeah, <laughs> we need more of those. <laughs> um, yeah, MLS action is back. Sporting Kansas City. Um, Inter Miami is going to play soon. Uh, yeah, so we'll have... Oh, by the way, speaking of TikToks, really good for... for a, a Really, really good TikTok from the national team with Pizarro and the Joker. That was actually really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, I, I'm not clever. sure. I, I know I know Vic Guevara used to be in charge of that team. I think he isn't anymore. Um, but still, I mean, these are like his like his Padawans in, in social media for, for the Mexican national team. Uh, really good, good material coming through. I mean, I, I really love how they innovate, use different uh, social networks, and I mean, they just keep it going. And so I'm, I'm really happy that that happens because it could be just so easy to say, dude, we haven't had a national team play or let alone practice together the entire year. So um, what content can we do? And, and again, they just get that like going, and it gets fans excited. Just take advantage of what players have and. We obviously know Rodolfo Pizarro's uh, celebration. So, it, I mean, I thought it was really well done. So, again, social media teams, kudos for you, too. Kudos to you. I don't know. We went through a lot of stuff today. I feel like we always have, we always say that we have a lot of stuff to talk about. But then, I like, at the end of every, every day, even when we stop recording, I'm just like, wow, we really talked about a lot of stuff. So, today was good. Yeah. It, I, yeah, I mean, we have Liga Mexico Neil back. That's probably the best the biggest reason we have Liga MX. Uh we actually didn't even talk about it, but we have Liga Expansion back as well. So <laughs> um, That's right. Yeah, we have that going on as well. That's it's been it's it's so weird because I mean if you look at it, it's the same Ascenso from last semester. It's just different name and a couple different teams. But still, I mean the the whole like revamping like the, the identity and stuff behind it. I and the fact that yeah now a lot, a lot like Many more networks are actually, I mean, you, you can actually see all those games now. You couldn't see that last semester. It was really difficult to catch a, a, an essential game. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know, way to go Mexican soccer. I mean, taking things in good direction. I mean, despite the fact that some teams have had like 30-something players. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end it with just letting you guys know. Mazatlan FC, the men's or I don't know, just that organization had 38 positive cases. So just look into that if you want. Just just go and dig into that. Um, Adriana, anything else before we end the pod? 
Um, no, I mean, again, join the conversation, hashtag LeagueMXFemENG, or just LeagueMXENG. I mean, I, I'm glad that community is growing as well. It's, it's really interesting to see new fans, older fans, um, joining that conversation, um, especially now since we're all taking advantage of being at home, I guess. So, so yeah, just jo join the conversation, keep looking up teams, all the information, everything that they're posting. I mean, I, I do think um, trying to look at the glass half full, I mean, I, I do appreciate clubs doing things differently, getting the press closer to the teams, making sure the information is available so we can reach out to fans as well, um, and not just alienating them for the entire week and just wishing for people to just turn on the TV and watch their, their team every weekend and just like really having constant communication with, with fans. So, so yeah, um, join the conversation and, and keep up on, on, on social media as well. Yeah, definitely. And also ending it, if you guys are listening to us right now, you're also listening to us on Spotify. We've moved platforms. We're no longer on SoundCloud. So for all of you guys that are listening to us on Spotify, thank you. We hope we sound better. We hope you're taking a drive, having a walk, whatever you do. But we're on a new platform, Adriana. Congratulations. Yeah, and for a 60th episode, I mean, really happy. More people can join in. Um, hopefully enjoy the podcast. Give us a like. Does that happen? Do you have that on Spotify? Do we have likes? No, we I don't have, have no likes idea. on Spotify. No, you can so. just subscribe. I think, no, yeah, you just subscribe. Or you follow. Yeah. Follow. I think you follow on Spotify. Oh, okay, whatever it is you can do on Spotify, yes. people, if you enjoyed this podcast, please do that. Yeah. Um, and obviously reach out to us on social media if you guys have any questions and such. Yeah, of course. Just like Melissa, our good friend Melissa says, uh, our DMs are open. So if you guys have any questions about the Liga Max Femenil, go ahead and talk to us. As always, keep up with the content. Like Adriana said, hashtag Liga Max F-E-M-E-N-G, hashtag Liga Max E-N-G. And even on the women's, on the Spanish side, Liga Max Femenil, um, just keep up with the content, continue to listen to it, continue to digest the information because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.